special guest. Uh, you know her from her writing and executive producing on shows like 24, Bates Motel, Revenge, Detroit 187, and now the really amazing, dark, deep show called Hunters starring Al Pacino. I want you to help me welcome our guest today, Nikki Toscano. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Now this is, I'm so thrilled because you're such a badass woman and creative writer and executive producer and have rose up the ranks and have really created an incredible career for yourself. So I really am so grateful that you're here so we can give back and tell everybody about your life and how you got started in this business. Can you tell us? Um, Were you an actress? Were you always a writer? Like, what was your inspiration? Were you a lawyer? (laughs) No. um, You're a bartender? I was was definitely a bartender and a manager of restaurants while I was going to school. Um, I went to USC um, in a sort of adjunct program um, to the film school. You could take screenwriting classes, but they also offered options in like fiction and playwriting and nonfiction. And I went and did that, and I took a TV writing class, and I got hooked. And um, then I slowly started to try to break in, which was very, very difficult and took a long time. And so what did you do to try to start to break in? And so did you start to break in after you finished college? Did you oh, leave? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was probably so about it was probably about five years after I, um, uh, I graduated. Five so, years after? Yeah. Oh, so what did you do after those? So I just started. So uh, I started writing. (laughs) I think that that's the beginning of anything. (laughs) Um, I just started compiling all of this material, and um, at the time, uh, which is going to date me a little, um, age is just a number. um, Yes, go ahead. At the time, it was like your samples, when you were trying to break into TV, you spec'd shows. It was rare to have an original piece of material as your um, as your sample, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I just started writing um, a bunch of different specs for a, def- a number of different shows. And excuse me, so when you say specs, just shows that are already on the air. Shows that are on the, uh, on the air that prove that you can mimic the voice of the show. Got it. Continue. Um, so I started to do that, and then um, I also started to write some original material as well, even though people told me not to bother. Um, and I just, um, for me, you know, I didn't come up a writer's assistant path or any other path like that because I had a kid to support and I needed to make more money, which I did managing and bartending. Um, and then, um, and then I just submitted um, my material to any contest that was out there, like oh, really? anything. And um, slowly, I started placing in contests. Um, and then I, I. Um, so you had zero connections in this business. You none. started just zero. I had Zero. nobody. And USC wasn't like they handed you some kind of you know magic Rolodex at the end of the. So you, just, year, so you got you just, out, you just started, You were. they don't teach you what to do after no. you get out of school. No. So you just started writing, then you started writing spec script, and you started entering just randomly, and then you started winning, and then, or, or yes. placing. So I had, I, I knew one person who wasn't even in the exact field that I was in. His name is John, John Max. He's a writer. 
um, or was a writer for, he may still be, um, um, he was a writer for The Tonight Show for many years um, and, was a, and was a political speech writer. And he was the only person that I knew because my boyfriend at the time was in like a 30 plus baseball league with him. <laughs> So I asked him to go out to lunch with me, and uh, which he did, and um, and he just gave me a bunch of advice, and he asked me if he could read something, and he read something, and he liked it, and he passed it along to this now, woman. Was it original that he liked, or was it a spec that he liked? Do you remember? Um, it was part. I I don't know. I can't yeah. remember. And I think that there might have been some fiction in there too. Okay. Um, and he passed that um, information along um, to a woman who was like tangent, like tangentially in the business. She read it, and then she passed it on to another woman who was a woman who became my manager at that time. Oh my gosh! And so the sort of confluence of events of like winning a couple contests and having a manager, um, I. Um, I finally started to be able to get in the door, even to be read. Um, mm. And then I um, um, eventually, um, the first thing that I ever did was I sold a pitch to what was then CBS Paramount that was loosely based on my life and my experience um, adopting a 12-year-old kid when I was 25. Um, Wait, okay, so you were never staffed on a show yet. Mm -mm. You weren't a production assistant, a writer's room assistant, zero. This was the very first thing that happened? Yes. That's it's, kind of rare, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's pretty rare. It's and pretty so rare. when you went into the room and you pitched that and they bought that in the room, is that what happened? Or did um, you... I don't know if they bought it in the room. I can't remember on that one. I, I don't think it, it was in the room. I think that, you know, um, um, I think that they probably thought about it for a while and then, and then we did it and it ultimately didn't get picked up or... Um, and then after that, I got my first staff job on a um, Bruckheimer Warner Brothers show um, for CBS that was called Close to Home, which was a, uh, a legal drama. So what? I'm just curious for the process of that for just the people that are listening. So after you wrote uh, that original piece and then you pitched it and then they bought it and then it didn't get picked up, that was the first time that you were allowed, that your management team, or did you get an agent after that to help get you I to pitch? I got an agent after that, not before though. It was very right. difficult to get an agent. And then, um, um, so my manager was kind of, you know, knocking down doors for, I'm going to say like probably like a couple years. And in the meantime, wow. I just kept on producing more material. I just, I, I just thought that if I could make my agents uncomfortable with the amount of work that the amount of work and the quality of the work that they would realize that You're I was truly serious. a passionate writer because it takes hours a day to write anything yeah. hours and hours and hours a day yeah so were you writing um more spec shows or are you just both I was writing both at the time then I started to um and I want to say like at the towards the end I want to say like in the last couple of years I was um maybe the last year I was only writing original so um, this took a couple of years were you losing hope were you losing faith or you just yes. believed in yourself so much I mean I definitely was losing um, I was definitely losing hope and faith um, <laughs> I just didn't believe there was any option to quit because this is your true life's calling you yeah know, I just felt you know. like this was like I would have you know died swinging wow okay so what happened so then you got your first you took meetings so what happens tell the process for the first because now you've moved up the ranks and it's a little bit different obviously but the first job and getting staffed what was the process 
I mean, essentially, it's just that you uh, you have to sort of um, for every person it's different, but you have to sort of gain approval um, at both the studio and the net and the networks for the shows that they're staffing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, if you, of course, if you do have a direct relationship with a showrunner, you can get read outside of that, and it's certainly not the same today. I don't think. Um, Which we'll get into in a little bit. But at the at, yeah, at the time at, at the time it was about like being on their go to lists. And so I think that at the time I was on Warner Brothers, CBS as a you know, a lower level re- female. But you writer. got on that list because the word was out that you sold your first project. Or just that they read me. Oh, at, at this point, okay. they, they I'm just read, wondering how the they, hype gets they read built. my material. Okay, and liked my material. Then you go in for a meeting with all of those executives, and then the, when the showrunner is looking, they say these are the people that we think you should read. Mm. And some showrunners listen, some showrunners don't. They mm-hmm. they may have their own you know agenda in mind. So mm-hmm. it really it really just depends. But um, so they all read me and liked me, and I had a meeting with the showrunner, and, and then I, I got hired. Yeah, but wow. it's very. It was very strange. It was about a 10-minute meeting. And I've had some showrunner meetings that have been like two hours long. Um, so what did you feel? Did you feel like that wasn't going to happen after Oh, yeah. Minutes? I was just kind of like, yeah, he didn't dig me. But I ended <laughs> up getting staffed, and, and that was great. Um, and What was um, that feeling? That first it was job. it was pretty amazing. I mean, it was it was definitely pretty amazing, particularly because I had been working with pretty much no positive reinforcement for about five years. How do you keep that? What were you doing psychologically to keep that strength? That's... It's just so there's so much rejection. See, there's so much rejection in writing and, and acting, in acting yeah. and all of it. So, what did you do personally? Did you exercise? Did you have a, you know, a, 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 she laughed at that one. <laughs> I probably chain smoked and drank my way through it. <laughs> That's hilarious. You don't exercise, no. And your body is so you look such in great shape. Thank you. You have that natural. Thank you. It's a, a high metabolism. Thank you. Wow. That's thank amazing. God. You look gorgeous. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so then you got staffed, and then what happened? So I got staffed on that show, and then that show was canceled, and I got staffed on another show, but I was pregnant with my third child on that show, and then the writer's strike happened. Uh, and um, again, I'm dating myself. But, but what, um, when, during the writer's strike, how long was that writer's strike? Just to reiterate for the people that are listening. It was, um, uh, it was in 2007. It began, I believe, um, right before Because what was I the reason for babe, that strike? I um, forgot already. What was it? I mean, oh god! I mean, I think that the biggest thing—I think the biggest thing of the 2000 strike was realizing that there was going to be um, um, uh, a number of issues that um, that we had never sort of encountered before with the advent of the internet mm-hmm. and streaming, and and it was sort of the the beginning of that negotiation and making sure that we weren't left behind, but because a lot of the people didn't understand what the power was in what direction it was going to go, I think that there were a lot of concerns about um, the writer's future if we mm-hmm. weren't um, taking those you know taking that preliminary negotiation seriously at that point mm-hmm. it would have affected us mm-hmm. you know in in uh, generations to come so. Mm-hmm. So that um, strike happened, and that strike was a year. Was it? No, no what, was it wasn't it? a year, but a it was. It was. I, I, I think remember. it was from um, about. It was right before I had a baby, so it was like October through. I want to say March or April. I could be and wrong. And it's you know, and, it, and it's a trickle down effect for those strikes. It affects everybody yes. in the business, and it just depletes 
so much from people. But anyway, so you worked, you came through that. The yes, writer's strike. So I pregnancy. came through that, and then it was very, very difficult to get staffed because there were a lot of shows that were canceled in the wake of the strike. There were less jobs, more, more writers, um, and um, and I couldn't get staffed to save my life. Really? Um, yeah. For so how long? I want to say it was about a year and a half. But in that time, I was like, okay, I'm not getting staffed. So I started to develop and I started pitching projects and going out and and sort of um, starting to, I guess, make some kind of a name for myself um, on the development front versus the staffing. And how do you do that? Let everybody know how you do that because most people think you have to be uh, in the writer's room as assistant and then write a spec script and then get staff. So what's that path? I think that you just, I think that you just have to be able to get into the, I mean, I think the fact that I had sold my, that my, you know, the first thing that I had sold was an original piece of material and the fact that I had so many original Mm. pilots that people were responding to was at least getting me into the room to pitch. And then I aligned myself with producers at that time who were a bigger name, obviously, than mine, Mm -hmm. who could give me some street cred when I walked into the room. But there were a number of just failed projects that I went out and pitched or specs that I had written. And you just got the no, 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 no. no. And then finally, I sold a um, a project to... um, Fox 21 um, that was based on a pitch. They had me write it in-house, Antoine Fuqua attached. Um, and then in the same year, I sold two more pilots to CBS and ABC. Which one was those? Uh, what were the pilots? Yes. Um, Do you remember the names? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, to, um, I mean, nobody's going to know because they didn't get made. But, um, um, but see, but I like to talk about it because it doesn't just happen. Yeah. It takes incredible amounts of determination yes. and gumption and really owning. When I, when I, I've always met you and known you and hung out with you, the little bit that I've hung out with you, you're just yourself. You're your own, you know, Thank you. funky, fabulous personality. And do you think that has helped you and not, so you haven't like, like you didn't change yourself to get seen. You didn't change your voice to, to be heard. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I didn't. I mean, I feel like my voice evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, um, but no, I mean, I wasn't changing fundamental parts. Like, I, I can't, you are who you are. You can't but fake it. But yeah. that is true. But a lot of people don't honor who they are to get, so they can fit into that little yes. thing so no, they can I, rise up. I wasn't doing that. Um, so where does your self-esteem come from? God. <laughs> See, she's not an it's, actress, so I just asked her a vulnerable question. She's freaking out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, a lot of it, I think, is born out of, you know, putting in the work. But, um, but I think that if you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to. But did you have a good support system? Yes. Yes, I did have a good support system. I, my ex-husband was an actor who was very, very supportive, um, and I had a good group of you know friends as I was coming up, um, um, where we would read each other's material and and. Um, so you had like well, I talk about having a positive energy bubble in your life. So that was kind of your, like your positive energy bubble to help push you through yeah. those harder times. Yes. Okay, so what happened after the strike? Then you got staffed, then you sold. So what is happening now? Can we talk about... First, I want to ask you some advice that you give to young writers out there now because it's changed a little bit, don't you think? Yes. Compared. So how has it changed? It's changed because I do believe that there is... Um, 
a lot more opportunity because there's a lot more, you know, cable streaming mm-hmm. venues. Um, um, I do, um, it, it feels a little bit like the Wild West out there in that um, anyone can break through. I also think that it's, you know, it's it, it's also still very challenging mm-hmm. for um, um, a number of, of, of different reasons. Um, which uh, my head would explode if I were to go into the, <laughs> go into that. Um, but I think that, I mean, the advice that I would give is just keep on writing and don't be afraid to suck. Yeah. And, and, um, and should they be writing their own material or spec or combination? Oh, no, still? no, they should just be writing their own material. So it it's no specs anymore. No specs. Like, I mean, it's, over. I, it's been very... I mean, I want to say twice in the past, maybe 10 years, have, has anyone requested a spec and it was because they liked a show that I was on. Um, but that's it. I so think it's, they just it's want all to original material. Original content that sort of matches the tone of the type of shows that That you want to be writing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what you're jazzed about is, you know, the sample that is going to be sent to a showrunner, you know, either should you know, somehow align with either the concept of the show, the tone of the show, or, or it's just such an extraordinary piece of material that, you know, that everyone likes it. And it seems like you fell into sort of a grittier type of shows. I did. you feel? Yes. So because you're a grittier type person? (laughs) Probably. I mean, I, I just feel that, I just feel that I appreciate female driven shows and I appreciate, um, um, you know the um, let's say the Grey's Anatomy the This Is Us of the world like I see what the fuss is about it's just not something I'm personally you know right, that's right, not right. I would rather write you know Sopranos or Breaking Bad or something right. that was so it's the darkness of human nature the yes. depth the, the streets of it seems like yes which is going to lead me after I just go back so you said I just want to go back to that question for the, the young writers so to write the spec but then what do they do with it and not the spec they write their own material how do they get it out there is it is it just to anybody or what you did or a, I mean anybody that you know you know what I mean you, six you know, degrees it, of separation it is it is it's a, I mean it is there is like a certain networking aspect to it but I would say that um, never send anything out to an agent or a manager that you don't believe is ready to shoot um, um, the other piece of advice I could give is never any, but you only get one read with a person mm. and um, anything that you're going to send out you should feel is bulletproof and, and, and you may be wrong but you should feel like it's bulletproof mm-hmm. and um, and never make the mistake of sending a piece of material and then three days later being like oh I readjusted yeah. it don't apologize I think that it, yeah. it shows um, an experience and um, um, but then it's just about getting anyone that you can to read you know I mean I had no contacts but it was just like we you just will you just like read me and there were a number of people that were just like eh. and, mm. the, and they have like this token response where like they didn't respond to the material which basically you know either they didn't read or whatever it might be right so um um but yeah i mean so that would just be... to any agents managers friends other executive producers you know or it doesn't even have to be room. an executive producer i mean i feel if you know somebody that is an executive at a network mm-hmm. you know if, if, if you're here long enough you're gonna start mm-hmm. you're gonna start you know crossing with people that are in the industry it's hard not to how do because i know the more of the acting world but how do young writers start 
you know, circulating with other writers. Is there I mean, there's a, a number of. I mean, there's a number of different groups. There's a number of. Like, um, what are those groups? I don't like, know. Like there is a there's a woman that um, that I worked with many many years ago who has like her own um, consultancy firm. Her name is Jen Grisanti. She's great. I would highly recommend um, Jen Grisanti. Um, and she has a and she has a she has a website and she has built a business um, in. Um, preparing writers to be oh. to to go out into the world, and there's a oh. number of different support groups. There's a number of different like you know Friday night drinks. I think she has oh, where people can cross over. You start to have conversations. You can pass around material. That wasn't my path, but I do highly recommend her. And what about the path if a young writer says they got staffed in the writing room or they're a production PA? Do you think that's um? helpful to you know to build it or yeah I mean I think that you know yes I mean I think that I mean first find out if your showrunner um, promotes from within because you could be on a path and I mean it's sometimes those jobs are very difficult to get um, from what I understand Um, but there are you know the um, the writer's assistant um, on on hunters was my was my former assistant um, and I brought him on to do uh, the writer's assistant job on Hunters. He got an episode last year and is now a staff writer. So, you know, there's that wow. there's that path as well. But you have to, you know, I mean, he 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 wrote an extraordinary script. You yeah. know, so but you, you have, have to be to, extraordinary in what you do yeah. to move on up. So it doesn't really matter. It, I mean, if you get stuck on a show that that you find out that the showrunner doesn't move you up, then I, do you suggest that's to leave that show unless you wanted to stay there or no I mean I still think that there's opportunity I still think there's opportunity to to I mean you know connections you know you're connect you are you are around writers all day long if you're a writer's assistant even if you're a writer's PA you know and and you know the likelihood that one of them is going to be nice and read your material um and if they like it they can you know it's all word of mouth at that point you know what I mean it's it's all um, it's all about oh, there's this great spec that I read. You have to just check it out. You know that kind of thing. Um, and so, so it just parlays itself. Okay, so but let's lead into because you mentioned hunters. So let's talk about this new incredible show starring Al Pacino. Yes, tell us. It's pretty. It's dark concept. Yes, but it's so relevant. It is to what today is all about. It's so relevant. It was. Um, I, I read the pilot, which it was. It was the show was created by a guy named David Weil, who is extraordinarily talented, and he wrote this beautiful pilot about a um, um, about a young kid um, um, who comes to find out that his grandmother was a part of a group of uh, Nazi hunters. And um, it's his it's it's his journey to um, you know to join the group and um, and they hunt down Nazis in America and, and kill them and um, and it does it's have dark comedy. it does it's a light <laughs> it actually does have quite a bit of humor in well, it which is um, good because that's a pretty yeah heavy it's subject. a it's a heavy subject so you definitely need um, uh, levity but I think that you know when when David had created this show. You know, he was a young Jewish kid who was um, struggling with his own, you know, questions about his his birthright, his mm-hmm. legacy. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was, and he had grand his grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And I think that mm. um, deeply meaningful. It, it was a, it was a deeply meaningful, deeply personal script, and mm-hmm. yet totally badass as well. Mm. Um, and that's what attracted me to the project. So what happens? You read it, you attract to it, and then you say they just said they needed a, a showrunner on the on the on the project and. David and I ran the show together 
and um, and so I joined, and we made this what I believe to be hopefully a beautiful season of television. Um, and we got, you know, our cast is extraordinary. Yes. We have Al Pacino, Josh Radner, Carol Kane, Saul Rubinek, Tiffany Boone, Louis Azawa, oh um, um, all of these, all of these, um, ex- uh, and Jerrica Hinton, um, Incredible Greg talent. Austin, yeah. I'm trying to, not to forget anybody, Lena Olin and, uh, and Dylan Baker, um, who, you know, round out this, this wonderful cast and it was an, you know, extraordinary journey. Amazon totally got the show. Um, I, I could be wrong about this, but I believe it was the first thing that Jen Salky bought when she came into Amazon. I, I, like I said, I could be wrong about that. Um, and we just had an extraordinary amount of support on oh. the project and, and with a, with a, you know, um, a network who who got it you know amazing so what's your job as a, as a showrunner what is the different task compared to just moving up and the ranks would be staff writer to what to what to what well the way that writers are arranged is sort of a hierarchy so mm-hmm. it sort of goes from top to bottom is like the showrunner is also you know the executive producer usually mm-hmm. um, and then it's co-executive producer supervising producer producer co-producer, <laughs> executive story editor, story editor, and staff writer. And those are things. And, and not all shows have all of those levels represented. Right. That's it's a usually, lot of levels. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, the showrunner is just responsible for everything that is happening on the show, whether it be, you know, there, there are certain people that are hired for certain things, but they are responsible for answering for everything. So everything from you know, from casting to hair and makeup to um, to budget to the maintaining yeah. the you know maintaining the relationship between um, the network and the writers' room to you know to you know writing scripts, giving notes on every script that comes through, making so sure that those are just a little bit of pressure. Are, yeah, just a little bit of responsibility. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility, but, but it's very fun. Yeah. So at, just to further the showrunner thing, um, different shows run their shows differently. So yes. I know that um, my neighbor is a showrunner on a particular show, and they they um, once the show is all written as a group or whoever gets a script, and they give it a, on shoot day, and they they walk away from it. How does your show work? Well, we were um, it's, it was a little bit different because the way that Amazon operates is that they want to have. Um, most if not all of the scripts written prior to production so it's a longer it's a longer it's a longer season um, um, that has a, a you know um, so a, a lot of what we were doing was you know making sure that the scripts were bulletproof before we go in and then mo- and then the writing staff went away so the responsibility was a little bit different in that if there was anything even though we had a number you know everyone in the room had written you know a script once the the script goes into production, David yes. and I were responsible, and another uh, uh, one of our co-executive producers, David Rosen, um, we were responsible for rewriting those scripts for production. during shoot time. Yeah. Okay, so you have a writer's room. Yes. Okay, so do different people get assigned the their script, or in, do you? I mean, yes. In, in our yes, in our writer's room, that was that was the case. Okay, it's so someone gets assigned it, they bring it back, then you guys as a team rewrite and make it bulletproof. Yes. So they turn in their script. We give a round of notes. The writer takes it back. You know, d- you know, executes the notes. And then once we believe it's in good shape, then we send it to um, the you know what is considered the studio or our producers, which were um, Sonar and Monkey Paw, Jordan Peele's company. Oh, great. They give us a round of notes. 
the writer does the notes, we check over them, then we send it to the network, and then you go through a number like of rounds of notes with them. And then it goes to shoot, and then you're still there. Every, the rest of the writers go away, and the showrunners yes. continue. Correct. Amazing. Okay, so um, what's next? Um, I, um, right now I have a pilot at FX and I'm writing a, um, um, and I'm writing, um, a spec, a personal spec. A personal spec. Mm -hmm. So do, do you feel like 2020 is going to have a huge amount of opportunities? I do. I think that 2020 is going to have a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. I think that there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of places that are, you know, that are, are, are creating content. And I feel like it, it'll, it's going to be good for, you know, anyone that's Sometimes there. it feels like there's so much more opportunity, but less. It just feels like it's just a, such an overload, but how do you get in? Do you feel that? I mean, you're, I mean, you don't have to feel that, but I mean, for people around you. I do. I do. You know, I, I, I do feel it's, it's funny. You know, I, I think that it was, it was a far simpler time when I was breaking in and it seemed impossible. Um, and I'm assuming that it feels that way for a lot of people now. Yes. Um, I think the reasons are different, but I think that the feeling is the same. I think that, I think that the one thing that you just can't stop doing, you just have to keep writing, you know, just no matter what, like I get better with every script I write everyone's going to get better. You just have to keep doing it. You have to keep putting it out there. Um, and not care what anyone thinks about it, except that you know that it's... Yeah, I mean, I think the... I mean, there's some people you have to care what they think about it, particularly if you're But as you're for, doing it, to But put as it you're out doing there. it, yeah. Yeah, you just have to, you know, find faith and, you know, find the faith in yourself and then have some people read it, make sure it's bulletproof, and then send it out to the world. And let me ask you another question for actors. Are you in the room when people come in for the auditions? Sometimes. Not Well, a lot. when you are... When you are, just say that you have been. Mm -hmm. What are little uh, tips that you give for actors that are that they should do, shoulds and shouldn'ts of their auditioning in the room? This is hard, and I think that people are torn on this. Um, um, I was, like I said, I was married to an actor. My current boyfriend is an actor, so I think that I have um, attraction to actors. <laughs> well, clearly that's true. <laughs> um, this is kind of trite, but I would say that. If the writer's in the room, I don't feel this way, but I do know a lot of writers that do feel this way. Know your material. Like if you're if you're fumbling, you're, if you're fumbling the writer's words, they're just going to be like, "That's not how I meant to say it," and it might just turn them off in a silly way about something that's totally, you know, um, unnecessary, and they could be super duper talented. Um, I think that. Um, you know, I think like have confidence, like know yourself, you're coming in there. There's a million reasons why you might not get the job. I mean, you could be the best person that auditioned, but you could be, you know, you could be six, three and the star of the show who you'll be acting opposite <laughs> is five, two. And yes. it's just too much. Like there's right. so many silly reasons that go into why someone's not cast for a role. So and what just, represents confidence in that room? Walking in with power. I mean, I think that it's just, Getting a sense, knowing yourself. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, I just, you know, just like, hey, how you doing? And just like, all right, I'm going to go. All right, cool. You know, um, and when people make mistakes, just start again. No biggie. Yeah. It's just kinda fun. don't even be worried about that. Like nobody, yeah. nobody cares. And, and most of the time now, I mean, nowadays, I feel like we're getting more and more stuff on tape. Um, but 
I mean, just remember also, like, you know, the writer who wrote the episode and the actor who's acting in it, like, we're, we're all human, you know what I mean? And, and at the end of the day, we're not curing cancer. So, you know, <laughs> just, um, like, have fun with it. And, and what do you, do, when actors bring their scripts in with them, is that fine? That, you, that doesn't bother me. I don't yeah. know how other people feel, you know, it's, it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I know my ex-husband auditioned all the time with, like, material in his hand and, just told the clear cut story. My other question about that is when people put a tag, a quote tag on their scene and write their own ending line, how do you feel about that? Do people do that in drama? You they mean like that? improv? Like yeah, improv at the end improv, of the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It depends. Does it work? What? If it works. Yeah, if it works fine. But do you feel like it's insulting as a writer to like, okay, all of a sudden this person is walking in the room and, and tagging the scene that I stayed up, you know, all night writing? It doesn't bother me, but I don't, you know, could. I mean, it could, it, it could bother other writers, but it doesn't personally bother me. I think, you know, I, I so walk I really, in with power, leave with power, know the words, don't fumble on those words. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, and remember that, you know, that you're, uh, my boyfriend and I talk about this all the time, but just remember that like, you may not be, they may not have you in mind for this role, but they may have you in mind for another one. So and be your best. Yeah. Be your so. best. Work your craft. You have to work your craft just as much as you work your craft as a writer and yeah. keep writing. So I just wanted to ask you one other question about um, uh, writers who have gone into comedy and then they decide they want to break into drama and vice versa. So is that possible if you're doing comedy and then you're trying to break into drama? Does that hurt you? Can there, there be a, a certain way to go about breaking into that area? I mean, have your when you break in, have your script or whatever it is that you're doing be really fucking good. <laughs> um, that's the first thing. I would say that ten years ago, I would say it was very, very difficult to transition. To transition. That being said, I think it's happening more and more um, often today. Um, I also think it's easier depending upon what your level is and the amount of success that you've had. I think that why you know, is it easier? Because when you're younger when you're younger they're going to put you into a box right Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot to get out of that box Mm -hmm. right like you could just you could be a drama writer but like for me for example I was put in this sort of like the the girl that writes dude shit right like in (laughs) in like the dark fucked up box right right, right? right, right. so I wasn't getting jobs on a show like revenge and so I so when you know Mike Kelly offered me that job god bless him it changed the way that people thought and I got and and there was a lot more opportunity that came that uh, mm. getting out of that box now I, I choose to play in that box more than not but I think that it's easier to do it you know um, so how do you get out of that box for people that are doing it just keep writing the great stuff keep writing just, it's it the and basics. keep writing it well yeah keep writing it yeah I mean and don't and like you know you should it, the script that you break out with should be extraordinary yeah. so we're going to close out give me three things for a positive reinforcement for everyone to keep going, like what should they, what should they do? I mean, I just think work your craft. If you're a writer, write all the time. If you're an actor, be involved with a group. Do you know? Uh, study other actors' performances. Study scripts that move you. Um, um, just keep on keeping on. I feel like for me, the just don't let there be like silence around the career when there's silence uh, it, it doesn't work for me so, so I, what is that just keep writing like keep writing keep keep doing what you're doing and go know? through the highs and the lows yeah and it's just like and 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 just and and try to be well-rounded enough with the rest of your with the rest of your life to know that yes this is incredibly important and i would you know uh, 
like I've made this my life. Um, um, but you know what I mean? Like go home, kiss your kids, you know, like it's like, you know, there will Have be another day. Yeah, yeah, there will be another day. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm so appreciative. You're yeah. so damn busy and you Thank came you. in for me. I really, really am grateful. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And don't forget guys, stay out there, get out there and be courteously aggressive.